0: All right, so here we are again. We've got our incognito tab opened to archive of our own. And um, the special letter of the day is E. And we are, we are searching under E um, in TV shows. And there's quite a good amount of results for E. Um, I tried writing them down to see if that would help, but actually it's not. So, I'm just going to pick one at random. The escape artist. Uh, What, pray tell, is the escape artist? TV. Uh, Drama from 2013, Will Burton's nickname is The Escape Artist. His specialty is freeing clients from tight legal corners, so much so that he's never lost a case. The junior barrister's talent, peerless intellect, and winning charm are in high demand, much to the aggravation of his courtroom rival, Maggie Gardner. A top prosecutor who, who finds herself constantly up against Will's brilliance in court. Will works by the simple mantra that everyone deserves a defense. Even Liam Foyle, a psychological puzzle of a man who is standing trial for a high-profile gruesome murder. Of course, Will earns Foyle an acquittal, an outcome that produces unexpected and chilling results. Oh, this is a a BBC show um okay well that doesn't sound too bad um we have 23 results uh only only two pages of results so go to our random number generator okay so going by this we'll just read the first page of results so we have afraid to break this by red shirt rider three four five six seven um will will and roland are curious about why aiden never Oh my <laughs> um, so <laughs> um Okay, so there's something I've been keeping from you. Uh last episode when we did Doctor Who, right? Um I filtered out those results because they they were um there was just so many of them. And, you know, some of them aren't all in English or whatever, so I filtered that out and got what we got. But I specifically chose a rating that was for general audiences, uh, meaning that most people could read it and be just fine. Uh, This, um... These are not that. These, um... My... (laughs) There is a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff here. Oh, some of them aren't even written in English. Uh, that's pretty cool. But, um, you know, this is a a deep, dark world we've stumbled into here. Um, so anything that is, um, explicit, I, I'm not gonna read that. I'm gonna skip over that the best that I can. (laughs) So, um, looks like we're gonna be, this is a, gonna be a little, um, a little bit of a different episode, so if that's not something you want to, <laughs> if you're not comfortable with that, that's totally fine. Um, apparently the people in this fandom for the escape artists are very, um, you know, they, they like to, they like to write things that aren't safe for work. Um, so yeah. (laughs) Uh, wow. I'm trying to figure out how I can censor most of this. So, yeah, okay. Uh, Let's just, that was the first result. Um, Afraid to Break This by Redshirt Writer. Uh, Will and Roland are curious about why Aiden never blanks or doesn't trust himself. Should I say blank? What should I say? Should I say bleep? Um, (laughs) we're doing this on the fly. Um, completely made up. So, next result is Three Hearts in Westminster, also by Red Shirt Rider. Um... Roland and Aiden's marriage is tested when Roland is forced to work with a man named Will Burton, who looks exactly like Aiden. All right, um, ineffable Christmases by Redshirt Writer. Oh, this was written uh, December twenty twenty. Nice. A Christmas-themed collection featuring the pairings of Good Omens, Extended Universe. Okay, so that's several different different ones, like Broadchurch, Jessica Jones, Good Omens. Um, including the, the escape room, I guess. Weird. Uh, the next one is in, I think that's Japanese? Or Chinese, um, and we have the next one, which is the new guy. Roland's law firm has a welcome party, a welcoming party for a new lawyer named Will Burton. Oh, um, that one actually doesn't look too bad. Uh, that one looked like it—it it wasn't. It—it um, it was just safe for life, you know. Another angel gone before her time, but she's still alive in our hearts and minds by So Sohail. Sohail. On on the two-week anniversary of his mother's death, Jamie finds that the pain never, never gets better, only worse, and that wounds are easy to open if they are never healed in the first place. Okay, so to explain this, a lot of people uh, will write um, a a really angsty story about grief or, uh, some kind of, like, I, I don't really understand why, um, they, it's just, like, it's, it's its own brand of fan fiction where it's just, it's just sadness. It's just, um, and nothing else. N- nothing else having to do with the story except that. And it's really confusing to me why somebody would want to read just a bunch of like sad stuff all day. I I don't I don't know. So there's that. Um, the next one is. These are both in Japanese. It looks like. Game Night by Lost and Fick, um, Will and Holly are part of a group of friends who meet every week to play board games. Although there is more than friendship growing between them, their past prevent them from acting on their feelings. Okay, uh, Lingering Shadows by Anne Clip, uh, Anne Clip. A torchwood mission gone wrong leaves Will in pieces. 30. Oh. <laughs> um, 31 days of blank. Ugly Weddy style. Day 25? By Ugly Weddy Writes. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Uh, Will has found. An unorthodox but very effective way to deal with his anger and sorrow. A um, a blank discreetly recommended to him by a work friend. There's just one wrinkle. They're actually falling for each other. What? Um, <laughs> Speechless by Lost and Thick. Written for the prompts, when it rains plus when words are not enough, Will has an to attend a work function and asks Holly to come along. Although the evening, he starts to consider. Oh, throughout the evening, he starts to consider they may be more than friends. Said a. Oh dear, excuse me. Said a few years after both shows, no previous knowledge of the characters necessary. Interesting. Epiphany lost in Fick, written for. Time Pedal Prompts, Ficklet, Friday, The First Time I Realized I Loved You, Someone Like You by Studio42, Will on Pete's World, First Blind Date Rose Agrees to Go to After Years, um, Lingering Affair by Sparkly or Studio42, Inspired by this AU prompt, alternative universe prompt, post on Tumblr. And then our last result, Providential Contingency Sparky Studio (laughs) 42. Um, No, sorry, sorry, sorry. The title of this fic is Providential Contingency by Sparky or Studio 42, or, or Tenetmeister. They have a lot of different names. What if Rose got more than she bargained for when she started traversing the multiverse? How many men can she possibly blanket? The- <laughs> okay, Okay, um, I'll be right back with the results of uh, the number generator. Okay, I'm back. So our lucky number is 18, um, which, um, luckily enough is a story that is just, um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be explicit. But, however, uh, upon Clicking into this, we get a message that says, This work could have adult content. If you proceed, you have agreed that you are willing to see such content. Proceed. And... Um, Crater chose not to archive warnings. So... I, uh, the rating is not rated. Um, so there's that. And... Um, what a coincidence this is, but... The fandoms for this story include, of course, the escape artist, but also, can you believe it? Doctor Who. Oh my god, we just read some Doctor Who stories. Is this fate? Uh, It's been two years, and I know every excuse you have by heart, but I love you, and it's time. Jackie Tyler was decidedly not taking no for an answer, her daughter had been avoiding the idea of a relationship for far too long. What? Sure the, sorry, sure the likelihood of her finding a love like the one she'd lost was impossibly low. However, that didn't mean she couldn't at least have a good time with someone. Huh, okay. Rose started to roll her eyes, but closed them tightly before her mother could call her on it. She was doing just fine, living a day-to-day life. The last thing she needed was the distraction of dating. Being second-in-command at Torchwood, her life was a busy one. What are they trying to say here? Her mother was not backing down and Rose knew that it was a miracle, it hadn't already come to this before now. Resisting the urge to roll her eyes at the cross arms and stern look from her mother, Rose sighed in resignation. Great, I'll make the arrangements. Jackie was off already dialing a number on her mobile. Less than a week later, Rose dressed in a casual dress as her mother would allow... simple gray number that clung to her hips and cut off just above her calves her hair curled in loose waves Falling over her shoulders and bouncing as she walked the car dropped her off at the entrance of the restaurant and Rose took a deep breath after Exiting the vehicle she just had to get through this one evening and then she could go home and relax in a nice warm bath inside She gave her name to the hostess and was led to a table in a secluded corner. Her date was already there, seated and sipping his drink. Okay, um Wow, okay for a moment there I thought they were trying to say that the mom was having a relationship with her daughter? Uh, that was that was very confusing there. Um alright, where were we? (laughs) Her date was already there, seated and sipping his drink. Rose glanced at him, risked to verify she wasn't late. In fact, she was a few minutes early. She stood up and offered a hand, his grip firm but gentle, her mind blank, blank, as her eyes took in the doctor's face. Not the doctor, Will. His name was Will. Something with a B. She wanted to turn around and walk away, so straight to her mother's house, go straight to her mother's house and yell at her. Had her mom met this man, had she any idea what he looked like, a simple warning would have been much appreciated. Rose thought just before he. her mind. what? Rose thought just before her mind began reeling. Then again, she reasoned her mother would never have to agree, would never have agreed to this, had she known. The whole point was for Rose to move on, and well, dating a man who looked so impossibly like her doctor would not be conductive to that, you must be Rose, you look lovely, I'm Will. He motioned for her to sit, and they both took their seats. A waiter came by, and Rose ordered herself a Malbec. I have to tell you, I've never really done anything like this. She was working to keep the polite smile on her face and her voice level. How incredibly rude would it be to just excuse herself and leave now? Very rude, she decided. Neither have I. A friend has been a bit worried about me, though a night out with someone new might be good. He was smiling easily at her and Rose felt bad, it was his fault, and it wasn't like she could explain. By the way, you look just like the man I love, but I am forever separated from as a result of timey-wimey reasons. (laughs) You could not possibly understand. They didn't speak until, again, until they ordered their dinners. Rose tried but was unable to think of an interesting conversation starter. As she was so distracted by the smattering of freckles just below Will's left eye, they were sprinkled in a familiar pattern she had seen on the doctor's face. One she had seen a million times. Thankfully, once the waiter had left, Will spoke. So all I know about you is that you work for Vitex. I do not know what you like to do on your day off, he smiled. I'm not very exciting, Rose replied, trying to clear her mind of thoughts about tracing his freckles with her fingertips. In all honesty, I usually end up lounging around at home and reading or watching telly. I prefer to relax in my downtime. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it sounds wonderful. He leaned forward a bit. I really don't know anything about you. What is it that you do? She took a sip Of her wine wishing she'd ordered something stronger a martini perhaps I am a barrister I have a son I don't get many days off but when I do I like to get away from the city we have a cottage on the coast will seemed to ease as she spoke as he spoke but something in his eyes made Rose think he wasn't quite as comfortable as he might as he was trying to be conversation continued amicably until their plates arrived there was some there were some comments made over the food as they ate but they were mostly quiet the similarities between will and her doctor stopped at their appearance will was subdued and calm kind and gentle not that the doctor couldn't be those things they just weren't traits that he had ever displayed often They talked a bit while waiting for dessert. Will was good at keeping the conversation flowing. Despite Rose having a hard time thinking of what to say, she was just proud of herself for not having to flee the restaurant in lieu of an emotional meltdown. I know it's a bit mad, but there's a band playing just down the street and I was wondering if you might want to go. Dancing involved touching. That sudden thought caused every nerve ending in Rose's body to begin tingling and unsure of how even the last bit of physical con- least bit of physical contact with a man whose hands were a carbon copy of her doctor's own- wow- manly hairy hands could cause her to react. Rose decided to excuse herself for the evening. She would politely tell Will he was very sweet but she really wasn't looking for a relationship. She was only here to appease her mother. Okay, I, I was so confused when I started reading this. I thought it was trying to set up the mom with the daughter. Which is like super gross and terrible. But apparently it's the mom trying to set her daughter up for a date with somebody else. Okay, makes sense now um where were we yes yes uh instead she was frustrated to find herself nodding in agreement before vocalizing her desire to join him will paid their bill for dinner and led her down the street to a small club the band was already playing as he led rose to the bar for drinks She got her martini this time and forced herself to sip it slowly, even though her nervous system begged her to suck it down in two big gulps and ask for another. A group had formed a makeshift dance floor, and Rose watched them move around. Will was tapping his foot to the beat of the song, and she questioned why she was here. Her insides were threatening to lurch. She felt a lump of emotion in the back of her throat. And her mind was screaming for her to get the bloody hell out of this place yet her feet stayed planted and she was somehow managing to smile pleasantly at will each time his eyes met hers he probably thought their date was a success thus far and was currently trying to think of a good excuse to see her again rose wasn't so sure she had the strength to endure another evening of such inner turmoil but how could she decline another invitation from him? Despite her better judgment, she was drawn to his gentle demeanor. Rose acknowledged to herself that it was, poss- it was a possibility that it was possibly the simple joy of seeing his all-too-familiar face. She had finally resigned to never being afforded that luxury ever again. Wills was a bit older, with a few extra crinkles around the eyes when he smiled, his not not quite so manic, but still his heart-stoppingly gorgeous smile. There were no sideburns framing his face, but his left ear was also a bit wonky like her doctor's was. He noticed her staring and smiled, reaching out to take her hand. Let's dance, he said, as he was already leaning, leading her onto the floor. I don't understand. I don't understand any of this. His hands felt the same, only better. How was that possible, she wondered. There was something more in Will's touch, something the doctor always tried to suppress. As his hands settled on her hips, so, so settled the queasy feeling in Rose's gut. The vomit-inducing flips and dips her stomach had been torturing her With, all evening, began to melt into not-so-unwelcome nervous butterflies. Rose finally started to relax for the first time since entering the restaurant and let her own hands rest on Will's shoulders. The song was slow, and they swayed together with the small crowd. Will leaned in, his lips close by her ear. They're a local band. I'm friends with the drummer. He smiled brightly at her, and she felt her own smile broaden. An automatic response, she turned her head to the side, breaking eye contact and focusing on the other dancers around them. Her partner was talented, leading her easily across the floor despite herself. She started wondering about his story, what had happened to put him in the circumstance to accept a blind date. Someone bumped into her back pressing her against his chest in his arms immediately, steadying her there. She made no move to reestablish the previous distance between them, and he seemed content to hold her close. As the music switched gears to something more upbeat, his hands still, his hands slid to her waist, guiding her hips to move in sync with his own. Rose let her eyes close, allowing herself to just enjoy the movement and feel the, the stand-up bass beat thrumming through her chest um when they left the dance floor will's hand comfortably at her lower back rose was surprised to see how much time had passed somehow she'd managed to actually enjoy herself despite the harsh reminders of things she could never have will waved down a cab outside and rose chewed her lip the reality of the situation sinking in she couldn't actually date a man who looked so much like the doctor, could she? Taking a deep breath, she readied herself to say no to another outing with this man who'd been so kind and, and such wonderful company. As Rose began to speak, she found Will's lips she found Will's lips against hers with a gentle pressure. The words her mind had been composing were suddenly gone. "Rose, you are a wonderful woman." And when the time comes that I feel ready to move forward and pursue a new relationship, I put my past truly behind me. To put my past truly behind me, I'd be lucky to do so with someone like you. I'm sorry, but I'm just not there yet. She was speechless. Wasn't she the one who was going to let him down easy? Her sigh must have clued him into her exact thoughts as he smiled softly. Rose quirked her lips. Seems we've more in common than we know. The cab pulled up to the curb and Rose leaned up to kiss Will's cheek before getting inside. Once she was alone in her flat, she began reliving each moment spent with Will in her mind. He was so lovely, not only his physical appearance, but his attentiveness and ability to make pleasant conversation. She then realized just how disappointed she was to not be seeing him again. Rose slept soundly for the first time since she had arrived in Pete's world. She woke the next morning with a knowing smile on her lips. She could finally move on with her life here in this universe, and so she did, never expecting to receive a text message just a few short weeks later, an invitation to coffee from the charming Mr. Will Burton, just as friends. He just as friends he had added. Well, Rose smiled to herself. It was a start okay we have seven comments i was expecting that to get a lot worse than it actually was so that was good um kt rose says this is really lovely and i love that they both seem to enjoy themselves but didn't push to date straight away i'd love to know will's point of view of the date and how the coffee date went and well it's me so you know i've all always want more of your wonderful stories. Author responds, You are too good to me. I liked not having them fall head over heels, at least not so obviously. Not sure there'll be more of this one, but no, I have other things in the works. Meg says, Oh my goodness, it is so sweet and lovely. I've been looking for something like this, and there are so few stories with this pairing. Thank you, it's wonderful, and you've melted my heart a little. Author responds, I love this pair, so happy you enjoyed it. Don't know if you saw the other story I wrote about these two. It's Linger Affair, in case you missed it. Uh, Ryan Jones says, love this so much. Um, Lost in Fick says, lovely Fick, I like that he wasn't ready to date either. Both have lost someone they loved in a tragic way. It's great that they can be friends and understand each other. Okay. Left our kudos on that one. So. All right. Um, let's go back to our number generator. And we're going to generate either a one or a two. It's a one. So. From that, we're not gonna read through those again. We're gonna choose one out of 20, which is 13. Now, 13 can be a lucky or unlucky number to you depending on who you who you are and what your beliefs are. So, let's see here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 10, 11, 12, 13, 13. Game Night by Lost and Fick, hey, um, just as a reminder, this is, um, the summary is, Will and Holly are part of a group of friends who meet every week to play board games. Although there is more than friendship growing between them, their past prevent them from acting on their feelings. Okay. Okay, there, um, this is rated for teen and up. Um, okay. And there wasn't any warning at the beginning. <laughs> About this may include adult themes so I think we're gonna be okay <laughs> I think uh oh, I think we're gonna be all right take a sip of my tea here all right <clears throat> you don't have to do that Will said as Holly washed the glasses used by their friends it's no bother He cleared the table and threw away empty bags of crisps and pretzels. How was your week? She interpreted his question as a sign that he didn't mind her staying after the others had left. Mm. Oh dear, excuse me. Holly worked part-time at an immigration center teaching English to newcomers. As Will wiped crumbs off the table, she told him about a teenage Somalian refugee... Who drew comic strips Oh dear, excuse me again. Who drew comic strips of his journey to England? She'd put him in contact with a gallery where she'd once exhibited her own work. Did you paint anything new this week? Will asked. Yeah, Christmas cards. I need to stock up on my online shop in time for Cyber Monday. But you loved painting autumn stuff. I know, I really did, she patted. She washed another glass and Will sidled up to her with a towel to dry it. I nearly drank my paint water again this week. I told you to stop using that mug. He bumped her with his shoulder, but I love it. She bumped him back with her hip. He shook his head fondly. She asked about his own week. She remembered he had a meeting with a new client yesterday. He lost his smile. The man's a serial drunk driver, and he's killed someone because of it, and I swear his breath smelled of gin whenever we met. Jesus, did he drive to the appointment? Thank God, no. His solicitor got him to start the 12-step program. That's good, there's hope. He nodded, his lips in a tight smile. You must think I'm naive, Holly said. No, no, but he's probably only doing it to get a reduced sentence. Belatedly, he added. But I think it's great that you still have faith in people. I have to, don't I? He didn't answer. He he had seen too much in his career. That lost puppy look in his eyes tugged at her heartstrings. She had to believe people could make amends and change. Otherwise, there was no hope for her after what she'd done and what he'd done. She wondered if he knew that she'd slept with one of her students, the way she knew he'd killed his wife's murderer by unearthing five-year-old headlines on Google. They'd both moved elsewhere, to Cambridge, to put it all behind, so she never brought up the subject, never asked him if he really did it. Who they were now was all that mattered. "I I think some people can become better persons, he finally admitted. She touched his arm lightly, a shy show of support, and he surprised her by putting his hand over hers, his thumb brushed across her knuckles, and her arm goose pimpled from the contact. She loved these moments when it was just the two of them, and they talked about more personal things unlike when the others were around. Will and Holly were part of a group of eight friends who played board games every week. Lately, when the game was at Will's, she made sure to arrive a little early and found some excuse to stay after the others had left. Will had joined the group six months ago. One of their members had a baby and couldn't come to their weekly games anymore, so he introduced Will as his replacement. Maybe it was a professional quirk, Holly was a teacher after all, but she immediately took him under her wing explaining the rules and the inside jokes, and going out of her way to include him in the group. She was only being nice, but somewhere along the way, being nice turned into being infatuated. Jamie's arrival from his football practice interrupt their, mo- their moment. They jumped apart and quickly finished cleaning up the kitchen. Will saw her to the door, the temperature had dropped significantly-, significantly, and Holly was only wearing a thin raincoat. "'It's all right,' she said." The bus stop's only two blocks away. I don't want you to catch something. I need you to win the next game. Here. He removed his gray jumper and offered it to her. Polly walked to the bus stop with her nose under, her collar, under the collar, unlike her who shopped at charity shops. What? Uh, okay, that's a weird sentence. Unlike her who shopped at charity shops... Will had the means to buy high-quality clothes and his jumper was no exception exception a blend of cashmere and wool was far was as wool as far as she could tell she rubbed her cheek against it his cologne lingered between the stitches warm and woodsy and with the smell of rain in the air it reminded her of the forest in autumn she wore his sweater all week It kept her warm when she painted or read with the windows open. She became so used to it that she still had it on when they met at Patrick's house for the next game night. Will didn't notice, however. Even if it was half past seven, he'd obviously come straight from court and his brain was still occupied by work. His hair was messy as if he'd tugged on it. He sat down next to her without a salutation and pulled a pre-packaged cheese sandwich and green apple out of his coat pockets every other week they played dungeons and dragons patrick a stocky dark-skinned accountant who'd initiated the game nights with his sister sabrina recapped their latest quest everyone organized their dice figurines and character sheets on the dining room table everyone except will who was munching absentmindedly on his stale sandwich. "'Will?' Patrick repeated. He blinked out of his thoughts and looked around as if he'd forgotten where he was. "'Huh?' "'That weapon you found at the cave, was it a knife or a sword?' "'In the game,' Jasna, another player, specified. "'Yeah, sorry, um,' he looked through his notes and answered them. "'Long day?' Holly whispered to him. "'I.' Relax, she leaned well into his personal space and loosened his tie. He didn't say a word, only turned his torso towards her, offering better access. She hadn't planned on taking it all off, but now her fingers worked at the knot. The silky material glided under his collar and wrapped around her fist. You're free from work now. As he took his tie from her hands, his fingers deliberately brushed against hers. Are you wearing my jumper? Have been since I got here, she chuckled. Sorry, I'll give it back to you. There's no rush. Holly's character was a wizard and Will's a rogue. Because they always sat next to each other, they often separated from the rest of the gang to conduct their own mission. They made a good team. Will was a great strategist, always a step ahead of everyone, even the dungeon master. He would lean against- He- Whoa- he would lean towards Holly and whisper to her their next move. Her own strength was thinking outside the box, using her character's spells in creative ways. Holly, you can't use the glyph of warding that way, Patrick said. Will put his glasses, put on his glasses and looked through the player's handbook. Objection. Patrick groaned. Will recited the description of the spell. You inscribe a glyph that harms other creatures, either... Oh, dear, sorry. Either upon a surface or within an object that can be closed to conceal the glyph, did you not say just ten minutes ago that... Oh, dear. I'm going to butcher this. Morden Canaan closed the portal? Accordingly, well, you... Oh, God. Why are you always defending her and not us? Sabrina asks. And that was the thing, wasn't it? Holly's weakness. It's why she'd had an affair with a married man, an underage student, and an older woman who called her her muse if they made her feel just a little special, dot dot dot. But he was a widower, a single father, and a workaholic. But she could feel it, like the pull of the undercurrent before a big wave. Okay? she was wary of that pull now three years of therapy had taught her that at least but the the more she resisted it the more delicious it was oh dear and really it didn't help that he wore such tight jeans um okay sometimes she drew their D&D characters together Holly, here's what I'll do if M- moden and Kanan is still in this plane you can use the glyph on his portal patrick rolled a pair of 20-sided die um you you got it damn it i'm sorry i'm, sorry. I'm struggling so bad with this oh this is uncharted territory for me holly and will high-fived The game continued as they ate junk food, drank cider, and generally drove Patrick crazy with their antics. You can't drug the elves to get in their castle. Um, what was the point of going all the way to Yesterhill to get these pastries then? I didn't make you go there. By the way, Jerome, did you hide your tail? Yeah, I shoved it up my... You know The whole table burst out laughing. By the end of the night, they reigned in their hilarity enough to defeat a dragon and a horde of banshees. (laughs) Sometime next week, Jasna said as she put on her coat, it will be Halloween, so you'd better dress up. Just kidding. Much to Holly's surprise, Will offered her a ride home even though her flat wasn't on his way. street lights glistened on the rain sleek pavement, and the wind carried dead leaves across the road. The full moon shone a warm, benevolent yellow over the river Cam. Although they were silent, the car was brimming with some kind of energy. Will nearly missed a red light, even if his eyes were trained on the road. Holly kept squirming in her seat, and they repeatedly snuck glances at each other. He missed the exit for her neighborhood and they had to drive a while longer. She didn't mind. She wanted to keep she wanted him to keep driving all night, anywhere out of town. They'd talk of nothing and everything. He stopped in front of her building and killed the engine. She buckled her seat belt she unbuckled her seatbelt, but didn't leave the car. She didn't want to have to wait a whole week before seeing him again. So, he said, We're here. Yeah, thanks for the ride. Not at all. Oh, I have something for you. He reached for something on the back seat and handed her a paper bag. She unwrapped a set of mugs labeled paint water and not paint water. I saw them in a craft store window. Thought of you. He tugged on his earlobe, watching her reaction. Do you like them? Holly didn't know what to say. It made her so happy that he thought of her. She cradled the mugs to her chest and nodded. She remembered something Karen had once said that she wanted someone that she wanted someone who would love all her nerdy little things. Oh my. <laughs> Holly Holly had found that someone. She tentative, she tentatively leaned over the gear stick to kiss his cheek but he turned his head at the same time and her lips landed right on the corner of his mouth they both laughed nervously sorry it's all right i should give you back your jumper she turned off she took off the scarf and raincoat butterflies fluttered in her stomach when she gripped the hem of the sweater she caught the hem of her tank top as well and pulled it all Pulled it all up over her head. Will's eyes widened when he saw her bra, her chest heaved with with quick breaths. Holly, he swallowed thickly, you'll get cold. And she did, for his rejection was like a bucket of iced water to the face. Right, she said hastily. Put her raincoat back on and rush outside the car with a mumbled goodbye. There are six comments. Benty 67 says, More please. I want to read with... Read, oh, sorry. I want more to read with these two. I like how you write them. Thanks for sharing. Author responds, Thank you. There's a second part coming soon. Chia Rose Kurovers says will and holly as DD players is everything i never knew i needed i somehow missed that this was a two-parter on tumblr and was yelling at the end smiley face and sweater sharing is always a plus very excited to see how this comes out i love them and their entire aesthetic heart emoji Author responds, thank you, I'm so glad you still love them. I play D&D with a bunch of co-workers, which is what inspired this. Well, that explains it. Ryan John Jones says, more please, soon. Can't wait to read the next chapter. Ten Rows Forever and Ever says, oh, I can't wait to find out what happens. These two make a sweet pair. Kudos. Okay. well there is a part two to this story but usually i only go for for um for one shots and such so if you want i guess if you want to read this this fic for yourself it's game night by lost and fic okay we're back so our next our next lucky number is two um which in the results, happens to be three hearts in Westminster. Um, Roland and Aiden's marriage is tested when Roland is forced to work with a man named Will Burton, who looks exactly like Aiden. Now, this is a M slash uh, M M/M story, meaning the romance is between two males, and um, the this has nineteen chapters. I am. I am not reading that much. I am only gonna read the first chapter. So if this is something you're interested in, uh, apparently there's three different fandoms: the Good Fight, the Politician's Husband, and the Escape Artist are included in the story. Um. Dear me, so so we're just gonna read the first chapter and. Thank God, it is very short, and then we're just going to move on (laughs) like nothing ever happened. (laughs) So, let's read it, shall we? Okay. Will was ready for a fresh start. After years of being a recluse in Scotland, he decided that he'd wallowed in his own misery enough and figured it was time for a change. He packed up his stuff, moved into a small flat in Westminster, and found a job at Gary Hartford's law firm. Will had decided that if he wanted to put his past behind him, he needed to quit being a barrister. But he still wanted to be a part of the law, so he became a criminal defense lawyer. The next best thing, he hoped that enough years had passed that people had forgotten what happened years ago. Gary Hartford didn't seem to know. You have a very impressive resume, he'd told Will a few days ago during his interview. Barrister, for years, never lost a case. Described as passionate, dedicated, and just. Thank you, sir, Will had replied. Why'd you quit being a barrister, if I may? Gary had asked. Someone with a track record just doesn't... Someone with your track record doesn't just quit unless they have a reason." Will had stiffened in his chair, fiddling with his tie as his heart sped up. It was a valid, innocent question, but one that touched a nerve just the same. He ran a hand over his jaw, considering his answer while Gary watched him closely. "'It was just time for a change,' Will had replied finally. "'I love being a barrister, but I just figured I'd make even more of a difference as a criminal defense lawyer gary smiled and nodded snapping will's file closed he stood up beside behind his desk and offered will a hand congrats will he'd said welcome to the team thank you sir will had said shaking his hand i look forward to working here good because i have just the partner for you to work with for your first case gary had told him he's one of my best which was how Will found himself hovering outside a door with the name Roland Blum stenciled onto the wood. A few hours ap- a few hours after his welcome party. He took a deep he took a deep breath and raised his hand, wrapping his knuckles against the door. Come in, the American called. Oh dear, the American. Will entered the office and shut the door behind him. Roland Blum was sitting at his desk, scribbling something into his notebook. He wore a dark blue suit, one hand against his head while he wrote. His salt and pepper curls and beard reminded Will of those half-men, half-deer creatures from Greek mythology. His eyes slicked up to Will, brilliant blue and intelligent. Hey, Will, he greeted. Have a seat. Thanks, Will replied, sitting down in one of the chairs across from Roland's desk. The older man looked back down at his notebook notebook a little too quickly he'd been acting strange around will since the party that morning in fact he wasn't the only one will had noticed several other people giving him odd looks and whispering to each other as he walked through the halls and past people's cubicles and offices he felt his faith face flush did they know who he was what had happened all those years ago will "'Roland asked, jilting the younger man out of his thoughts. "'Are you okay?' "'Will looked up from where he'd been staring at the floor, "'adjusting his tie nervously. "'Yeah, sorry,' he said, "'just thinking about my first case.' "'You nervous?' Roland asked. "'Will sighed and nodded. "'Yeah.' "'Roland smiled, his eyes crinkling at the corners. "'He flipped the notebook closed "'and stowed it away in his desk.' The two rings on his left hand glinted in the office's fluorescent lighting. He twisted the gold ring on his own hand. Not, No matter how much time had passed, he still couldn't bring himself to take it off. It's normal to be nervous, Roland told him. I was nervous as hell for my first case. Stayed up for hours going over every piece of evidence, making sure I had everything I needed, that I hadn't missed any details. That made Will feel a little better, and he relaxed. He placed the case's file onto Roland's desk, noticing a couple framed photos beside the computer. He couldn't see what they were, but he was betting they were pictures of Roland's husband and their son. Roland spread the files out on the desk, but didn't start discussing them right away. We should probably break the ice first, he said. Things were a little awkward downstairs this morning. Will internally cringed when he remembered the stupid things he'd said to Roland at the party. What had, what had he been thinking? He blushed again and ran a hand across his face. I'm sorry about that, he told Roland. I was just nervous and didn't think about what I was saying. Don't worry, Roland said, leaning back in his chair. You're not the first rookie to say something stupid at their welcome party. Will smiled and Roland returned it, albeit briefly. His eyes flicked from Will to one of the pictures on his desk. He seemed nervous, almost a little freaked out. How long have you and your husband been married? Will asked, and the ending word bitter on his tongue. Since February, Roland answered. So about five months. We got married in Chicago. And your son? Will asked. How old is he? A prideful smile spread across Roland's face. About three or four months. We adopted him in April. He raised his eyebrows at Will. What about you? Are you married? He gestured to the ring on Will's finger. Will twisted it, biting his lip. I was married, but she passed away years ago. I have a son, but he's with another family now, back in Scotland. I'm sorry, Roland said sincerely. I didn't mean to open old wounds. It's all right, Will replied. What's your husband's name, if I may ask? Roland licked his lips, looking nervous again. His blue eyes flashed. Aiden, he said finally. Aiden Hoins. Oh, I really struggled with that. The name sounded familiar to Will, though he wasn't sure why. They began to discuss his first case, which was the case of a man accused of breaking and entering assault and vandalism to a business run by his ex-wife and her new husband. Roland was smart and extremely knowledgeable. He certainly was Hartford's best lawyer. Will hoped he wouldn't disappoint him or that nobody would realize who he was. That what he'd been acu- accused of. Hopefully I can keep my past a secret, Will thought, and avoid embarrassing myself around Roland evermore. E- even more. Sorry. <laughs> uh, got a little uh, Edgar Allan Poe at the end there. Um, we have nine comments. Curly Cutie 8 says, yay, I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, Amy Amy Taffy says you just love to torture them, don't you? Ha ha. God, this will be so interesting. I'm looking forward to the next few chapters. I can't imagine how Will reacts to Aiden. It would be funny if Will sees Aiden in person before he sees him on one of the pictures on Roland's desk. But like so much much later, but like so much later on like every time he is nearly able to see a pic something happens and he misses it and when he sees him in person everything turns into place all those crazy reactions and other stuff wow okay toxic poisoned youth says bruh how i want to go watch the escape artists oh now i want to go this is wonderful can't wait to see where it goes hurts hurts like your mouth says oh great start very curious and intrigued about the tags and the developing relationship i'm guessing will is going to google aiden excited for more Uh, quaker lass says oh i can't wait to see what happens next kira seven says firstly i love your testing secondly will seems so cute but i suspect he did something really bad in the past as soon as possible i'm going to search Informations about the escape artist. Identityless says, "Going great. I have so many soft feelings about Will already." Bullet with butterfly wings says, "Fantastic. Looking forward to Roland finding out about Will and his past. Not to mention Will finding out Mr. Roland Blum is his doppelganger." Red Foxy Two says, "Oh, what a bad thing! No one can comment on poor Will's resemblance to Aiden." I don't know if I think it's wrong what Will did. That Will didn't talk about his past to the new boss, or that the boss didn't even bother to look at Will's life. Oh, um, we're gonna be nice and just leave some kudos there and uh, get on to our next story. Well, aren't we lucky? Because our special little number is 15 and what has that brought us today that has brought us 31 days of blank ugly wetty style day 25 by ugly wetty (laughs) rights so um oh my how am i gonna (laughs) how am i gonna work around this one um Thank God it is short. So, all right. We are starting out with a slap in bold letters. He grunted, drooling into the tatami. She walked around him and caressed the crop. (laughs) This is already starting out so bad. Uh, He was nearly there. She could see by his eyes. They had gone from desperate to blissed out. Angry red marks crisscrossed his flat belly and chest in a decorative herringbone pattern. She put the crop down. She was too excited. He wriggled helplessly in the restraints. She adjusted her gloves, pinching the snug leather down her fingers. His sweat glistened on the palms. It took everything not to blank. (laughs) He, He watched her from the corner of his eye. Another rivulet of saliva dripped down his clamped tongue. She walked to him, running her fingers through his... Now you know why I'm in incognito mode. Um, It's because I don't want this shit to show up in my history. Jesus Christ. Okay. His face was mottled red with her slaps. She leaned in, pressing her leg to his dripping (laughs) blank. She wore a beautiful chrome blank More, no, he wore a beautiful chrome blink more for her her visual stimulation than his. And he had a a spectacular blink, but she had not blinked him. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. She wore what she always wore, a pair of black leggings and a black sleeveless turtleneck the leggings were stretched hot and her skin gleamed through them something she did on purpose her her submissives were after her own heart and she was no no faceless leather dom okay she liked comfortable clothes while she worked comfortable but a miserable tease to the subs because she wore no Blank. <laughs> oh, God. The little magnetic silver balls on her blank poked through the stretchy fabric. Her blank and blank were nearly were nearly visible through the stretched cloth of the leggings. She really liked Will, so there was also a, a fist-size wet spot between her blank she planted on she planted what she she planted a high heel booted foot on either side of him pressing herself against his blank she snapped out (laughs) no he snapped out of his bliss as soon as he smelled her oh dear His pupils dilated, her thighs pressed against his blank. His blank. uh, We're not going to read that sentence. Her eyes drifted between, his eyes drifted between her legs again. Saliva dripped quickly off his chin. She chuckled, greedy boy. Oh my God. She, (laughs) She pulled at the little rubber rings on the ends of the bamboo tongue clamp and pulled it off. He groaned, his tongue undulated, and then he licked his lips. The corners of his mouth were red from the bamboo rods. She wanted to trace her tongue on the grooves. How much more of this? Oh my god, there's so much more. She wished she wished she still had the crop in her hand so she could mark his freckled shoulder. Instead, she slapped him an awful, artful backhand that made his head snap to the side. Her breath was ragged and she smiled as if drugged as she observed his reaction. Uh We're not going to read that. Her blank grew. He saw and whimpered. Unimpeded by clamp or gag, it was a lovely sound. She pressed okay, mm-hmm um all of this all of all this whole paragraph is x-rated um yeah, I think that's as that's as much as we can read without really. yeah yeah that's that's pretty much yeah we don't we don't want any But no but um oh there's one comment ben benzy drain clams the shish says i know nothing about this character slash film film show seriously no idea but holy hell am i glad i read this anyway Okay. There's 12 kudos. We're gonna leave kudos. What the hell, you know? Okay, um... <laughs> what a way to conclude it. Um. The escape artist fandom. That was the fandom of the escape artists Uh, there's there's much more um, there's much more to read of that if you wish it is on archiveofourown.org but some some of them are in a different language so you won't be able to read some of those results but anyway thank you (laughs) i guess thank you for um listening to this It it was oh my goodness good god